All right. That was pretty solid. I'm looking yeah. up how to, uh, I'm looking up how to, like, cheat a coin-operated washing machine. No, you're not. I am. I'm looking up how to do it. I'm, my chances okay. of getting caught are probably around, like, 60, 70%, but I've spent probably $100 on laundry just in the, like, year and a half I've lived at my landlord's properties because all those machines are coin-op. Huh. I know you well yeah. enough to know you're going to get your finger stuck in the coin trap somehow. No, I'm going to use uh, Q-tips. We'll see how it goes. You yeah. strip the yeah, strip the cotton thing off of them. This is all hypothetical. This is not an admission of any kind of crime. Fictionally, yeah, it's essentially it's essentially lock picking, right? Because what? a coin operated uh, a coin op machine is basically you're putting the pins of the tumblers down with the coins. And then you can turn the lock. Basically, what a shitty way to pin. lose your security deposit is you wouldn't fork over a dollar to do your laundry. Okay, first it's of all, it's not about the dollar. It's a dollar fifty. It's about the hundred dollars. Yeah, it's it adds up when you're buying roll after roll of quarters day in day out, working you're down for the man. On the corner with your boys yeah. throwing dice. It's bullshit. And you get mm -hmm. you get cut. I typically got to spend like fucking. Five bucks every time I want to do laundry, washing mm -hmm. and drying, and then usually drying again because I wash a heavy load. Don't look into that, but I wash a heavy load trying to not wash two loads. I wash it at once. Oh, and, you yeah. break the machine. Yeah, the math is very confusing with the public laundry machines because, like, it, you can't really. The washing machine takes a certain amount of time and the dryer takes twice as long, but you can't wash dry twice as much. Here's mm -hmm. where I'm at with my personal washing machine and stuff, laundry stuff at my apartment, is they're not coin-op. They have an app. They have an so, app? Wow. That's nightmarish. 21st century, man. Is uh, Snowden uh, and Assange, are they, have they been uh, brought back into the fold yet? Because I need their help. I think Snowden uh, is Snowden's still in an cool. embassy in like okay. Latin America or something. Okay. No, Snowden's in Russia. Assange oh, is in the embassy. Yeah, yeah. Snowden's in Moscow. Yeah. He's giving Putin hand jobs for amnesty. Oh, in what embassy? You say Latveria? Uh, no, Assange is in like South America or in a South American in, embassy in London. He was in the Ecuadorian uh, embassy or some shit in right, London. Right, right. They kept getting mad at him because he wouldn't clean the room. Yeah, yeah. They, he was like, I need, I need a faster internet connection. It's too slow. No, so I won't funny. take the trash out. The posting legend Julian Assange just haranguing the Bolivians or whatever, <laughs> the Ecuadorians. It's like, it's like Anders Breivik in prison being like, I don't have the most recent PlayStation 3 releases. This is a human rights <laughs> violation, which he did do. Welcome, guys, to 30 Minute Worlds, the podcast where we build a setting in 30 minutes or your money back. With me, as always, or I would say, I would say as usual are the wonderful Zach Chessman and the perfidious Daniel Kennedy, my two co-hosts. I'm Walter Kunkel. And let's Thanks for that great audio, by the way, uh, saying that as you were yawning. Yeah, it was fantastic. I, you caught mid-yawn, don't worry. The listeners will, too. That'll be... <laughs> Love it. Yeah, he's actually Love plugging it. his ASMR YouTube channel right now. Yeah. It's just him yawning into a <laughs> microphone for four hours at a 360 time. 360 yawns. It's just... Oh, that's pretty good. Uh... Inverted yawn. He takes four days off. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. invert your yawn. If you're done horizontal yawn, my natural bodily processes. You you I'm called me perfidious. Roll. 
You compared <laughs> me to Britain. I'm angry about yeah. this. I'm better uh, than the British. Perfidious is more like Italia, you know? Like <laughs> No, no, it's, it's Perfidious Albion. Albion. <laughs> In the yeah. great game over Iran or Persia. Stop Italianing us right now. I rolled a four, which would be Belvin, but he critically injured himself. Uh, and is currently he contracted yeah. coronavirus in a car accident. It was a freak, a freak tetherball he, accident yeah. in his car on, <laughs> on the car. interstate. <laughs> which collided with an ambulance bearing six coronavirus patients, which I don't know why they have six of them in one ambulance, first of all. Hazard, as, right? as the only fiscally successful member of this podcast, <laughs> Belvin has a tetherball right. court in his car. <laughs> Off the side of his car, it's a sidecar type deal. You reach out the window, you play some tetherball. I rolled a three, which is actually me. Oh, I'm okay. a lad. Yeah. A Walt episode. Right. Cool. Let me break out the I ketamine. I remember the last one we did. Actually, yeah. I might have been Crab uh, Crab World was the last one maybe I did. I was in absentia. Break out the ketamine. That's all of our episodes. Uh, it's hard to remember because <laughs> you are uh, always the... Uh, it, it, I, I look at the audio for the episodes and like number one uh, most speaking uh, time is always Walt. Listen. Like, Hundred percent. Yeah, Walt, Walt's audio files are fifty percent bigger than everyone else's every episode. Daniel and no, Chessman, I actually have to silence, cut them in half. Silence and they're yourself. Still 50% silence bigger. your dissent and let me okay. speak. All right. All right. So, uh, what are your prompts, Chessman? Um, how about bureaucracy? I like that Ooh, one. Bureaucracy. I like that one too. All right. My prompt word is fire. Fire. Mm. I was going to have my prompt world be world, but then I was like, wait, that's stupid. I don't know why that's in my head. Uh, bureaucracy. <laughs> 30 minute world, world building. <laughs> my, prompt, God. Uh, my prompt is world building. No, uh, my prompt word is number. Number. Hmm. Yeah. Or numbers. Number fire. Hmm. Number fire is my favorite YouTube Mambo channel. Mambo number fire. Yeah. The famous song. Yeah. Uh, uh, excuse me while I vomit. <laughs> Let me mute my mic for a second. One, two, okay. three, four. Uh, wait, I was going to do a fire noise at the end, but I don't know how to. There's like a You'll whoosh. Edit it in in post. You're just creating more work for yourself, you know? We can't, know. We can't afford a soundboard. This is yeah, a rich shit. man's podcast. Yeah. Uh, so a fire bureaucracy. I'm inclined to think hell, but I'm also inclined to kind of lean away from hell. Because we did, we did green bureaucracy hell, hell is a pretty like, I think that's been kind mm -hmm. of like beaten to death a lot. Mm -hmm. Sure. It, it, maybe it's another aspect of fire you could look at, like not, you know, not a plane of fire, but like fire that exists in, uh, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the concept of like fire being a sort of like illuminating, uh, thing. Like lighting like, the dark? Uh, okay. I'm Yeah. I meant illuminating metaphorically, but I see how that would be confusing. Um, I don't know. Uh, well, sort of like a speaking in tongues thing. If fire is kind of a Pentecostal type thing, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if fire also is kind of the most important human invention and the one that spurred our, like, ascension away from, you know, the animal kingdom, what if instead of, like, Prometheus giving the fire to people. Uh, fire is allocated to people through some sort of bureaucracy and can't be made by man. 
is the bureaucracy. So it's not staffed by people, but rather it is handed down to humans from some other uh, bureaucratic right. institution. Right. So, like, I guess in a world like this, it would have to be mostly Stone Age. Although, actually, I don't know. What do y'all feel about that? Well, I think the thing is that Stone Age man doesn't have very much to trade for fire other than rocks. Uh, yeah, and they don't have got, much of a way to interact with bureaucracy. That's true. Got, yeah, I think the idea that it needs to be Stone Age because you can't get past the Stone Age without fire is missing the entire point that these people were given fire and that fire is a commodity. So, like, there's got to be some other reason why, like, much much later, like maybe post-Bronze Age or something, mm, fire, mm. like, because uh, where do we get fire from in our world? We get it from... I mean, lightning strikes make fire, but then you make fire from like wood and stuff like that. Yeah, friction. Yeah, and fr maybe plant. I don't want to say that there's no friction because then we'll cover the whole planet with slime, and I don't want that. Yeah, we done that um, already. We did that one. I want uh, anyway. <laughs> maybe the plants are very resistant to burning. Maybe you can't burn the plants. Oh, they're like okay. too waterlogged or something? Like a super humid world? Like it's maybe well, maybe it's more of an ironwood thing. Like it just won't burn. Huh. Oh, like a petrified world. Oh, petrified wood. Yes, that's actually kind of a stonewood kind of world. I remember one time when I was huh. a kid, I told like an adult that was like an acquaintance. It was like, I think it'd be really cool to see the petrified forest. And he was like, I went to see it once and it was the most boring shit I ever saw. <laughs> and I was that, like, adult, <laughs> that adult was looking out for you. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> saving you time, man. <laughs> it Imagine, like, it's just a what's he going to do? Lie boy. to some kid or tell him the truth? I don't know. You know? could preserve some <laughs> childlike wonder in the world. It's like, hey, Boy, check this out. These stones look like trees. It's like, okay. Yeah, you just cut eight-year-old me some slack. So we have kind of this stone petrified world. This is a lot like Dark Souls, actually. I hate to veer into Dark Souls territory, but like, well, didn't yeah. Dark Souls also kind of, wasn't it like this where there was no fire and then fire happened? Um, right. So fire, like, uh, they, they found it, basically. It just sort of came into being out of nowhere. And before that, there uh -huh. was nothing. And then there was this Age of Dragons. And well, I don't, this is not a Dark Souls podcast. What the fuck am I doing? Yeah, but, it was like the Fire Lords or whatever. There was four, whatever. The god yeah. in that setting is the god of the sun. And that's why he mm -hmm. controls, like, fire. And he has lightning okay. for some reason. Anyway. Well, what if uh, fire exists at only one place on Earth and can be moved from that place only by the approval of, say, like, fire spirits, right? Yeah, it could almost be like, um, like, Embermen or something like that, or Emberkin. Yeah, yeah, like kind of a citadel of flames, uh, which human civilization has kind of built up around, like, barnacles clustered to the light. That's not a great metaphor <laughs> for what barnacles do. Well, and like moths to a flame is yeah, the that, that, yeah. that's a much better metaphor. Right. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit more like uh, archaeobacteria uh, springing up around a thermal vent at the yeah. bottom of the ocean, or you know, interested twelve-year-old boys springing up around kind of the pool vent area of the pool. That, you know, that reference Chessman yeah. was included specifically to piss off Alex and for no other reason. Uh, no, that one's real. I guarantee you that one's no, real. That's our fan I'm shout look out. This up now. 
Okay, um, so in that case, was the world petrified originally and man came to be in it, or did man inhabit the world and the world fell and now the scattered remnants of let's man? Go, let's go post-apocalyptic, I think, because the f- petrified forest implies that there was a normal forest at some point, right? Yeah, that, that was kind of my thinking. And normal life existed. There was some sort of cataclysmic event that petrified most of the world. Uh, in fact, if you go magic petrification, that's way easier to explain than, you know, whatever fossil event would actually petrify <laughs> wood, which would be really gradual and not cataclysmic. Yeah. So a lot of the organic material of the world was turned to stone, which means that fire is unable to nurture itself. And Chessman mentioned that it was like a it, you mentioned at one point, like a bronze age kind of thing. So mm-hmm. what if that was when when we fell, sort of? So like we didn't have okay. like like real tech, but we had like you know they had metalworking and stuff like we that. We had horseback riding, and we had metalworking, and we had ways of communicating, and we had trade, mm-hmm. and all of that kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, you definitely can't build boats now if the wood is all made out of stone. Mm-hmm. Here's here's my concept then, because um, if we want to f- start fleshing out like where things come from and like what we're building stuff out of. Yeah, go ahead, pitch it, pitch it. I think the, um, my idea is, so fire kind of left the world and like life also sort of left the world and turned to stone and that kind of thing. I'm thinking kind of along the lines of like a plane, uh, sun, sundering. Uh, that's a word people use in games. Yes. Mm. I don't know if people... The planes sort of broke apart, sort of. Okay. So the mortal plane now, or the this plane that we're on, um, y- it used to intersect the plane of life and the plane of fire and yada yada. And it's sort of... Now it only intersects at one point. Right. Which uh, is so... So yeah. it's like a Venn diagram that split further apart. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a primordial oh, okay. source from the plane of fire that is controlled by these fire elementals. Yeah, the plane of fire used to overlap with our own, and now it only touches one point of our plane. It was shifted. Right. And that's the important um, location for our, like, I guess our key, like, nation, I guess, that we're talking about here, um, or whatever organization you want to, want to think about. I imagine it and is like a kingdom that's sort of cropped up around this fire citadel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it depends on how large the fire citadel is, too, like how large the point is. Uh, but uh, people would erect walls to protect it. When we say fire plane, too, people like to lump in, like, usually like a djinn sort of uh, civilization that inhabits there. From Pathfinder, remember, like the brass city and shit like that mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. being on the fire plane. So there could be options for civilization there, too. And that could be where the bureaucracy emerges. Oh, yeah. That would make sense. Yeah, because they they don't want to... They need to manage this link now because it's so tenuous to the mortal plane. They have to manage it because if they send over too much, maybe it like would will like push them apart or something like well, that. Well, uh, they're politically oriented. Uh, the humans are entirely dependent on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I think they it raises the question: like, arises from scarcity, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. What, so, what are the fire people, or the fire elementals, or whatever? What do they want from? Well, that humanity? could tie in with right. number in some way, or numbers. So, how could we kind of like, mm. uh, how could we tie numbers into this, and also work out a way to mollify the fire people? What if the fire people? What if? What if they? Because there's it's such a chaotic existence. While they make up a bureaucracy, they don't actually have, like, a system of arithmetic of their own. Oh, shit. Because humans invented that. Right. And so humans can apply that to them and they can use that, but they don't really get it. Right. They don't have, like, even a calendar of, like, there's no heavenly bodies with which to mark passage of time in the fire world. Right. Well, everything's on fire. Mm. And, And, like, fire doesn't die in a world of fire. They're like immortal beings, each one of them. Uh-huh. They're just, and they're like countless of them un- until they decide to be like, to turn into Jen or whatever. Oh, could that be the name of the game then? That like, um, somehow like when, en- when enough of these like fire bureaucrats, like amass a certain amount of, I don't know, power or capital through human interaction, they can be like ascend and become Jin, And that's like a, like the, like the noble mm. cast of the fire plane. Yeah, like maybe sort of a uh, ascended Brahmin sort of cast where they kind of are learned enough to ascend to like a higher, maybe they're very spiritual or very uh, knowledgeable people that really take to the study of like human numbers because it's completely unfamiliar to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. So, and I I like the idea of them being taught the number system, but I am still sort of at a loss as to what the humans can give them beyond like learned people. Like, uh, the only thing interesting is okay, so Hmm. the number system uh, and practicing numbers can't be done on the fire plane because paper and anything you could write on would just burn up. Mm -hmm. So, the fire people have to stay in sort of a liminal space, sort of an embassy on our plane. To learn how this shit works. Yeah, there's this, like, where they meet is, like, this demi-plane that's in between both and, and not in either. Well, it would have... It's not... It's not... It's on our side of the, like... I... Okay. ...world. It's right next to the fire hole. You know, I'm picturing it as, like, a liminal space. Like, yeah. It's it's around it's the portal within to the, the world. Let's yeah. say, like... Because that makes it kind of easier to established politics within this city of the citadel without like going into this third subspace mm-hmm. well the we third subspace is the citadel whether you say it or not it is the citadel sure sure it's the interstice but yeah sure yeah. Yeah, i guess it is the same it thing. is an interstitial space that's between the two planes because this is where the fire plane intersects our plane it becomes a third space yeah i guess that makes sense so yeah since they can't actually practice their art back on their home plane. They kind of have to stay here, uh, meaning they need human protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, they need to go back to the fire plane every so often because there's no fuel for them here. They'll like wither out eventually. Right. Mm. So instead of going to like burning, like finding stuff to burn here, they uh. just go back and get more elemental fire and they like right, right. build themselves back up. And it's kind of uh, like writing on vellum and that kind of stuff, because there's no paper. I know I said paper earlier, but we can retcon that. Well, I mean, anything you can right. write on, like a clay tablet mm-hmm. would just melt or whatever if you took it over. Yeah, like, yeah. 
So yeah. uh, because math is entirely practice, you know, based pretty much, you can't learn it without doing math problems. Uh, yeah. They need to stay here. Right. And there would also be, there would be other things. Like, and because they have this citadel of basically mathematical study, they would also be concerned with a bunch of other things. Like, I mean, numbers are like core to um, civilization, mm. right? Like um, uh, keeping track of debts, right? Is the first yes. instance yes. of writing. Mm -hmm. They would teach writing there. Um, they would teach... Um, uh, mathematics and pretty soon they would just have to start teaching like politics and that kind of thing i like the idea that like the like the ancestry of the jinn has to be kept in the mortal plane like you can't keep the records oh, of it shit. in the fire world all that bureaucracy yeah. has to take place in the citadel because you can't keep records of shit in the fire plane uh mm -hmm. it they would burn up uh, so the Citadel is way more populated with these djinn and way less with these humans, and they allow humans to enter it. You know? Hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, I'm getting a better picture of this. What about the nation or nations that surround the Citadel? Maybe they're a bunch of city-states. Uh, I don't know, in a, in a conglomeration that would be this densely packed, it's not unreasonable to have conceptions of countries that are like micro-countries. You know? What about like um, when when the mortal plane sundered off? What if it also lost its own sun and its own stars? And so now the only source of light is this fire. Yeah, if the fire plane is removed, the sun is yeah. kind of like really yeah. weak. Well, not even a thing anymore, I guess. Well, maybe it's still up there and you can sort of see it, but it's become very distant, like mm -hmm. the stars, mm -hmm. like it, like the the sun looks like the only star in the sky now and the stars are like gone so small you would have to like you can barely see them yeah and the rest of the world would get it would get colder it would be harder to live on you couldn't really grow crops which is or why anything. you need this elemental fire shipped out constantly yeah because uh, mm -hmm. it can burn without fuel it will die eventually but uh it generates light and heat enough to sustain rudimentary civilization yeah, so the, the, basically all of these peoples have migrated to the Citadel, and I think what you said makes sense, Walt, is because I'm picturing something of a pretty immense scale, like visible yeah. from like many miles yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, plus, it's like planar architecture, too, so there's no reason not to go crazy gothic with it and have it be like the Dark Tower type thing, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. Imagining like a big ziggurat with like a big like a ball of flame yeah, that'd at the top be cool of as shit I, I do love me some ziggurats yeah they built like a a remnant sun to attract people yeah there. no that, that makes sense mm -hmm. right because like, like the, no it's called the benevolent sun or like it's called like his benevolence and it's like uh a gift from the fire nation to humanity but really like we we have so to yeah, pay we, for we, it. We just had this sitting around in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, these, these stupid apes. They love it. <laughs> Look at them. Oh, yeah. oh, oh that man. sucks. We taught them numbers. And then and they're then like, they... pay for the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. That sucks. We got oh, ripped man. off by these fire people. Yeah. We're going to we're going to turn off the sun unless you send like 50 qualified professors to the Citadel to teach us advanced <laughs> strength. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> your Mesoamerican really combinatorics professors here. Yeah, your Mesoamerican yeah. mythology was never quite this lit. Oh, oh man, <laughs> we will put the sun out though. I fucking swear. We to will gosh. turn out. We will be turning out the sun for twenty four hours to test. And then humans are like, we never should have taught them what 24 hours was. <laughs> oh, my God. Like one Jin just gets, like, drunk on, like, wine. He's like, sacrifice, what's the number? 300 virgins are altering out the sun. <laughs> it would be pretty good. I do like that these Jin are not benevolent. They're exploiting humanity mm-hmm. uh, and our vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And they're inherently, because they come from the fire world, wicked and kind of capricious asshole yep. creatures, you know? Mm-hmm. We're really good at making settings that suck to live in. Yeah, dude, when, I'll tell you what, when Belvin's not here, man, <laughs> these settings take a fucking turn. Well, if Belvin were here, we'd, we'd get into the spiritual enlightenment of how mankind can join their souls to the sun and Yeah, link your soul the- to the flame and, like, live on in the fire forever. But instead, it's like, what if you had to... What if you had a subscription service for the sun? <laughs> it's, it's basically, uh, is yeah, Mesoamerican. You said it's like you have to sacrifice the sun will go out. Yeah, the, Great. the sun Fantastic. starts charging you for its OnlyFans, and you better pay oh up, God. boy, or else. Oh, so we were talking. You started talking about what the like area around this place would look like. Yeah, well, I was gonna say something. I had a little idea there. Okay. What if they sent out like miniature suns uh, that were like leased out and that could move over the ground uh, and light a certain area or like take residence in a city uh, and that would expire after a certain period of time? I think what they must do is they must be doing this on a huge scale, like in the style of bureaucracy where there's like bigger suns go to smaller suns, go to smaller suns and like. The way this, the biggest sun is the of uh, the big one, right? The benevolent, yeah, the sun, benevolent the sun or the beneficent sun, yeah. I like, I like that. And then you have smaller ones that are like other cities, and so like between them, it you might have, um, or like you go over the mountains, like no one's living there, and like it's cold because it's the mountains, but it's also because there's no sun around. Yeah, and you get to the other side, you get to this valley. Well, there's this huge sun, and every day people come and take from it uh, a little piece to light their f- home fires, right? You yeah, know what, yeah. What might be fucking sick, uh, and you can tell me if this is too 80s prog rock cover or not, is if there are, like, aqueducts of fire that go out from oh, the sun. Yo, that rules. That's awesome. We're going to do they, that. that <laughs> that's awesome. There's got to be just a few of these, right? I think like, that the, it can't well, be from everywhere. I think there's four big ones that go out in the cardinal directions, and they split Elf. off. Yeah, and I think the, uh-huh. the fire does wane in effectiveness and longevity the further you are from the Citadel. Because the plane doesn't overlap with ours anymore. So, like, right. they really are just kind of negotiating... That human expansion is kind of impossible uh, mm-hmm. unless you're willing to go sunless and somehow live in that environment, which like no one really is except for the wild men or whoever. So they're really just kind of like uh, charging people to continue like a shadow of their former existence. I like the idea that like right. the it, to do any sort of metalworking, you need premium sun from oh, like the yeah, capital. You need sun plus. Yeah. <laughs> It's called Sun Advantage, yeah. So, so all, all of the metal goods in this world 
they all have to be shipped out from the capital. So you can't forge weapons to, like, make an army to attack them, and which wouldn't work yeah. anyway. Plus, like, if you attack them... They just shut off the fucking sun. <laughs> there's yeah. no, there's yeah. no end game to fighting them. Uh, it's a completely Unless. dominant force. I like the idea that f- like forging a sword is like a capital offense, though. Like they don't really right. give a fuck, but they're like, now nah, we gotta shut that shit down. They kind of like don't discourage war among the human city states, right? That would live. It's bad for business. I would think the Citadel's so large, first of all, that uh. No one state would be able to completely surround it with kind of how small the scope of civilization is here. Mm-hmm. So, like, there could mm-hmm. be, like, three or four fighting kingdoms around it that each have their different takes on the system. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Now, we, now we've now we gone into it. Um, we were talking oh, this whole time. Uh, there was a plane sundering, right? Yeah. There are other planes that are intersecting the mortal plane still. Yeah, there's still ice and sleet. So it's not just the fire plane. Yeah, and water. And and those planes, I, oh man, it would suck if the water plane was was. Dude, really you know what would suck up. is if the airplane left. Uh, <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> do kind of need that one. That. Yeah. I think it'd be funny if the airplane stopped intersecting with the plane of fire and there's just no more fire. <laughs> but but so this is what, that's what these other kingdoms are. These, these other kingdoms are places where the, it maybe it's not as dramatic as the fire plane, but there are these places where the planes in their like lopsidedness are the strongest there. I don't know and if I like that because... I think we should focus the setting on fire and not try to broaden out, like, what's it like where there's no earth? Well, no, that's, that's, if we're talking about other kingdoms, like, we gotta, you gotta have something for them. Well, no, they could interpret aspects of fire in different ways to their own culture, but fire's central to the universe here, you know? Well, yeah, all the other planes are central to fire as well. Right. They, air and fire have an interaction, water yeah, and fire have an, have an interaction, but like, uh, I, th- I was more thinking along the lines of, like, this kingdom would be a kingdom of, like, people who are really faith-based and would interpret, like, they're kind of the inquisitors for these fire people. Like, they would interpret the fire okay. embassy or the citadel's mandate in different ways. Yeah, because they're close to the law plane. Yeah? <laughs> eh? eh? Not sold. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sold side, on it. I side with the lore lad on this one. Okay. Not because I'm legally obligated to, because I want to. You are contractually obligated to. That's why we had World War II as a prompt. I invoked the contract and oh we <laughs> were able to get that one done. <laughs> the sundering. Mm. No, okay, so uh, other thoughts on this plane? Other things we can do here? I think that the two directions to take it... Well, or I guess a direction to take it is like the theoretical future where some sort of resistance blossoms, which probably fails miserably. How happen? The, <laughs> the way that I see it, basically... Other planes. I'm telling you. It could That's be... the key to this whole thing. It could be like a religious invocation to other planes. It could be like trying to like... Uh, so it's a bureaucracy, right? Which means any bureaucracy does have bureaucratic struggles, Right. Right. So I, I think, yeah, there's a lot of internal power struggles among the djinn as to who gets to ascend. 
The way I would, the only way I envision any sort of human resistance working is that it is basically an espionage where they they wait for an opportunity where there is a gin they could theoretically kill or have killed that would cause everything to devolve into infighting, which would yeah. kill a lot of people you can, too. You can kill them. I mean, they have physical bodies on our Earth, and it's not hard. I mean, you could just dump water on them theoretically if you got close to them, and that would really hurt their asses. Mm-hmm. Something else that would take away the power of the gen was would be to put the planes right again. Yes, right? that's true. Mm-hmm. Then there'd be no need for a citadel. Right. Uh, you, you're taking away all of their, their entire bargaining chip, which is that they're the ones supplying fire. And if you bring yeah. it back in line. <laughs> it's like, what are you going to have a revolution against? The sun? <laughs> the sun? I, I hate the yeah. sun. All my homies hate the sun. He sucks. So, so there was probably like it wouldn't be something that would happen overtly because neither side would want to admit to uh, the like the Jin trying to keep the planes from realigning and uh, humanity, like pieces of humanity, trying to get the planes right, even though they know the Jin doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be like these little. Uh, can we call them cold wars? Cold wars? Little spark that wars. That, well, okay. Sparkless wars? Spark wars? We'll workshop it. Let's not spend too much. Ooh. Listen. <laughs> workshop. <laughs> We're burning gas. Burning gas, something that can't happen in this universe without filling out the proper form. <laughs> you gotta fill out your 401c. Man, you can't uh, even... You have to... Fill out a form to light up a blunt and get high. You gotta fill out your 98 <laughs> oh, F. Damn, bro. Yeah. Damn, this just took Dude, on a whole sucks. new dimension. <laughs> I do like the idea uh, that the fire that you get for like your home fire, like you have has like a knows what you're permitted to do, like what you've paid for permits for. And like if you try to uh light another fire with it, it's like, whoa, whoa, hey. Like you try to split split in half, it's like this is you know I'm gonna have to report this. Yeah, bro, I got I got a I got a jailbroken forge over on 38th Street. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they would they would demand money I think from people not because they have any use for it, but because like professors have use for. It. So professors are kind mm-hmm. of like a class of people who are in league. They're like uh, wards of this kingdom where they're basically they get to like rule over humans pretty much as the most privileged people on the planet and very rich. That makes sense to me. I mean, you need go, you need emissaries, right? Because a, because it's beneath the jinn to do it themselves, and b, and b, they can't stray too far from the sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, if there's one citadel, right? All of the students, all the jinn that are in this plane and the other plane are students of the professors at the citadel. Yeah, I like to think that jinn can't like even leave the citadel, really. Like, it's super yeah. rare to see one. Uh, and they're usually carried in palanquins that shield. Like, you just see, like, this mm-hmm. radiance from inside their, like, carriage. They need to carry extra fire with them uh-huh. in order to leave. Right, yeah. right. But you see they're, like, emissaries all the time. Their palanquins are, like, the four corners are, like, have, like, flames on them. Yeah, and that's cool. They're essentially carrying with them a part of the fire plane. I like to, like, uh... When they ascend, uh, they actually just become part of the benevolent sun. Like, that's their huh. end game, uh, is just being part of the sun, which is just a consciousness of, like, a bunch of jinn that have, like, ascended 
physicality and just become pure fire. Hmm. That makes sense. Is that how it got created originally? Uh, no, I think originally the djinn were a lot more like uh, forthcoming with humanity, but then once we started teaching them numbers, they were kind of like, oh, we can charge people for this shit. Oh, we, we <laughs> taught we them greed. Right. We did, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's they fucked got up. It. They learned it from watching us. <laughs> I Fuck, learned it from sucks. you, Dad. <laughs> oh man, this has been a good. Uh, this has been a good one. I think this is an interesting one. I usually like the ones that we do, but this one was pretty nice. It's a little close to Volcano World, but I like it. I do like giant library uh, uh, setting. I do, I do like that. Yeah, uh, yeah you could and just... this is like a library used for pretty much pure evil. <laughs> like, <to laughs> oppress <Right>. people. <laughs> oh, that's books. good. If you like this episode, you can subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice to get new episodes every Saturday. Or, I'm sorry, every Wednesday. Damn, gotta change that. Go ahead, I already changed us. it. Damn, I just misread it. I edited it. Ah! <laughs> and you misread it. Ah! Go Tweet. ahead and write us a review on iTunes if you wish and share us with your world-building friends. Our artist courtesy the talented and wonderful Shell Tor at Jovial Paradox on Twitter. You can tweet at us too at LoreLads or send us spirited hate mail at 30minuteworlds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, happy world-building. <laughs> <laughs>